My, how we need the word of the Lord. And here, this verse of scripture that uh, I used this morning in the, in the service talking about worship, but I want to read it and look at it from a completely different angle here tonight. Psalm 16 in verse 11. Psalm 16 in verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. What a, what a powerful word, verse, that that, that is because... Um, of the promises that come to us uh, from the presence of God, in the presence of God. We take that for granted. Uh, we know that, that he is omnipresent, meaning that, that he is everywhere present. There is no place in the world that God is not there. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere present. So when we say we... We want his presence. We want him to come and manifest his presence. What do we mean? If, if he's everywhere present, he's already here. When we're talking about the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, that means he shows up in a personal way. He's not just generally here, although we know he's here, but many times he delights in showing himself to us and us sensing and realizing the presence of the Lord. So really the, the difference between omnipresent or everywhere present and the manifest presence of God is I could say, well, there's a, there's a millionaire in our service tonight and everybody would be looking around like, really? There's a millionaire here? And then uh, you, if you might believe me or you might not believe me. But if that person got up and started handing out $100 bills, then that would be the manifest presence of that person. He would be showing, and we would see it. We would realize, this is real. He really is a millionaire, and he's going to share his wealth with us. That's the manifest presence of God. He's just not everywhere present, but sometimes he shows up in your own private life your own personal life. Sometimes he shows up in a church service in a special way when you just sense that he's with you and that he's speaking to you and he is touching you and helping you. That's the manifest presence of God. And oh, how we want that. We long for that or we should long for that presence of the Lord. Remember Adam and Eve, they had a special communication and relationship with the Lord the Bible says that he walked with them in the cool of the day. Every day he walked with them, he talked with them, and he was with them in fellowship. But then when they sinned, they fell into sin. And the Bible says that Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. They hid themselves from the presence of, of the Lord. And I believe that Jesus came to restore that kind of fellowship and presence of the Lord 
in our life. Just like Adam and Eve had before the fall, Jesus came to restore that wonderful presence of the Lord uh, in our lives. Amen. Remember that, that uh, Moses said, Lord, uh, if your presence doesn't go with us, the Lord had promised, I'm going to go with you. My presence is going to, to go with you wherever you go. And Moses said, Lord, if your presence, I'm not, that's not an exact quote, but it's found in Exodus 33. Lord, if you don't go, if your presence isn't with us, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. He recognized the need for the presence of the Lord. And the Lord revealed himself in a lot of ways. He revealed himself to the children of Israel uh, to remind them that with that, by that fire by night and that pillar, uh, uh, the, the pillar of uh, the cloud that was with them, they, they recognized the presence of the Lord was with them. And that's why they were able to keep moving forward and stay faithful to the Lord and keep pressing to the promised land because the presence of the Lord is, is with them. So we need to covet that. We need to pray for that. We need to pray, Lord, we don't want just your omnipresence. We know you're everywhere present, but we, we want you to show yourself and manifest your presence in our life, in our church, in our services, in every effort, every ministry, everything we do, we long for the presence of the Lord. Amen. We long for your presence, Lord. Amen. Thou wilt show me the path of life. The presence of God reveals the path of life. It's the Holy Spirit that is our guide. He wants to take us where he wants us to go. He wants to lead us in the path that he wants us to follow. If you need direction for your future, if you need wisdom about your future, if you are asking the Lord to show you what to do, where to go, what steps to take, what decisions to make, the best place to get those answers is the presence of God. Amen. The presence of God. He can reveal himself to you. Do you remember Sister Sandra Sherwood Chase? Many, many years ago, she did lots of kids' crusades and did several kids' crusades here. And uh, one of the big flannel story, flannel graph illustrations that she used was the one that showed the two pathways, the broad way and the narrow way. And she described it as only she could describe it, that narrow way that leads to heaven. That Broadway that leads to destruction. It's found in Matthew 7 and 13. Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and narrow is the way. If you're seeking the Lord about direction and about God's pathway that he wants to lead you in, he will reveal himself to you. But you're going to have to draw near to the Lord. You're going to have to spend more time with the Lord and in the presence of the Lord. I'm amazed at how people make decisions that are life-altering decisions. 
And they don't even seek the Lord about it. They don't even ask the Lord about it. And uh, young people, you've got decisions before you. Things like college, things like who you're going to marry, and uh, a lot of important decisions that are ahead of you. You better get in the presence of God. In his presence, he'll show you the path of life. He'll direct your steps. And uh, that sermon, that uh, section of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 where Jesus said, enter in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction or it's the easy road to take. It's the path that the crowd is following. A lot of people are on that road, the broad way. You're on that road without very much thought at all. You, it just, it's just the direction that the world is going and you can just get caught up with the crowd and follow in the direction of all of the world. But don't make that mistake. Jesus warned about that. Uh, Straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. It's a road less traveled. It's a road that uh, is not always easy. It's not always, you know, the the convenient way. The flesh isn't always going to be satisfied or pleased when you follow that way. The wide road, the broad road is the road that satisfies the flesh. The broad road is the way that the crowd is following. And it's easy just to go along with the crowd and what everybody else is doing and where they're headed. But if you want to know the path of life, then you get in the presence of God. God can direct your steps. He can lead you in the way of the Lord. I've talked to people before. They were moving to some place and... and, uh, and uh, they weren't even checking into the fact, well, is there a church there for me? Is there a church there that believes like I believe? Uh, uh, not even checking into to, uh, to the things that are the most important thing. If he's going to lead you in the path of life, you're going to have to get in the presence of God. You're going to have to seek the Lord and ask the Lord for help. Yes. Amen. To direct your steps. A lot of years ago, actually, I think I was a junior in high school, my pastor said, I'm going to take uh, uh, all the young people that want to go up to, to Neosho. It was only about a two-hour drive to their convocation. I didn't even know what a convocation was. I didn't know what I was getting into. But I, all I knew is that I was going to have a day that I didn't have to go to school. And I was willing to go with the, the youth that were going to go there for a day. Now back then, this would have been in the early 70s, the Bible school was extremely small. I think there was less than 30 students, 20-some students in the entire school. It was a brand new school, just getting started. And uh, there wasn't one thing about it that attracted me. Not one thing about it. Everything about it. I just thought, everybody's wearing black and gray and it looks so boring here and everybody is just... uh, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I wasn't interested in it. Actually, I wasn't really even all that interested in the church services that they had. Wasn't that big of a crowd. This was like 1972 or 71. 
small, now convocation crowds are huge, but back then it was just a little small crowd of people and those few little pitiful Bible school students that were there. And uh, I didn't want to be there. I had no interest. If you would have said to me, this is where you're going to end up, this is where I want you to go, I would have probably laughed at you at that stage in my life. But I remember during one of those long morning services that I got up and I, I guess I made like I was going to the restroom or something and I, w- I went outside and between the, the, uh, the church building and the fellowship hall there, there's like a stream that runs through there and a little walkway, sidewalk. And I went out there and I was just, you know, doing what young people do. I was just avoiding sitting in a long, long church service and I was walking down through there and the Lord spoke to me in my spirit. I knew it was the Lord and the Lord said, this is where I want you to be. This is where I want you to be. It took about two years for the reality of it. Even when I graduated from high school, you could not have talked to me about it. I would not go, but in my spirit, I knew that the God had spoke to me and said, this is where I want you to be. And uh, so I, I, I went to a meeting. Some people invited me to a meeting. It was a holiness convention. And actually, Brother Huff was one of the speakers at this holiness convention. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who those people were, most of them there. But there was a man there by the name of D.C. Branham, who was the president of the Bible school, founder of the Bible school. And he had a few college students with him. And they started talking to me. And I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that two years before that the Lord said, this is where I want you to be. And a few weeks later, that's where I was. (laughs) Do you know that when you get in the presence of the Lord, God can direct your steps. He can direct your steps. It may not be the most pleasant thing. It may not even the thing that satisfies your flesh or the desires of your heart. But if it's the will of God, if it's God calling you, if it's the purpose of God, he will show you the path of life. Amen. He'll show you the path of life. He'll lead you in the way that he wants you uh, to go in. And so put your confidence and your trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3 and 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. That's what the flesh does. The flesh says, I can work this all out. I can make plans for my future. I can make decisions about my future. It's okay. Not that big of a deal. Oh, yes, it is a big deal. Because you can get on the wrong path as a young person and never get off of it. You can get on the wrong path and it's going to lead you further and further away from the will of God for your life. Just like that flannel graph that Sister Sherwood had that showed the path that was the broad way and the path that was the narrow way that uh, the broad way, that's the easy way, it's the way of the crowd. And the narrow way is not as easy. It causes you to have to crucify the flesh and even say, okay, Lord, this is what I'll be willing to do if I can just stay in your presence, if I can have your presence. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, Acknowledge him, amen. In everything that you're doing, in every decision, in every step that you take, acknowledge 
the Lord and he will direct your paths. Amen. He'll direct your paths. I had all these other ideas about my future, my own plans, my own ideas about what was going to happen. I had, I had even visited some other schools, colleges, and I just had in my mind a completely different direction, but the Lord knew what he was doing, and he was arranging circumstances, and he was arranging an experience in the presence of God so that I could hear the voice of the Lord and know it was God that was speaking. Amen. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Don't be discouraged about your future. Don't be worried about it. God's got it. He's got it. If you'll serve him and give him your heart and acknowledge him in all your ways, God's going to take care of your life and your future. He's going to lead you in the pathway that he wants you to follow. Don't fret over it. Don't worry about it. Put your life and your future into the hands of the Lord. Amen. And then also, not only does he guide us by his presence, but he also puts people in our life. People in our life that are godly influences. Amen. Pay attention to especially spiritual leaders that God's put in your life. Pay attention to them. Amen. Pay attention to preachers and pastors. Pray, pay attention to your school teachers. Pay attention to your parents. Pay attention to them because God is going to use them to encourage you to get on the right pathway. Amen. And stay on the right pathway. Ephesians 6 and 5, servants, be obedient unto them that are your masters. Now we know that today we don't have masters and servants but really, it's very applicable to those that are our leaders and our authorities and our spiritual examples that are before us that we should pay attention to them. Amen? Be obedient to them with, uh, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of heart, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Amen? See, the key is getting to that place that you have a change of heart about your life and about your future. Amen. You need to have a change of heart about that. Amen. Your life belongs to the Lord. If you're a Christian, you belong to the Lord. And you need to commit your life and your future. If you're 13, if you're 30, if you're 60, it doesn't make any difference what age group you are in. Now, the younger you are, the more serious decisions you're going to be making. But all of us make decisions every, every day, every week, every month. We make significant decisions. And the psalmist said that it's in his presence that there's fullness of joy. Praise God. Amen. So get in the presence of God if you want to know what to do next. If you want to... Find out the pathway of life. Get in the presence of God and then pay attention to spiritual influences and leaders that God has put in your life. Don't shrug them off. Oh, they're old. They don't know about my life. They're old fogey. They don't understand about the future. They don't know what's important. Oh, yes, God puts people in your life to speak into your life and to give you a word of hope. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. When you listen to the voice of the Lord and when you listen to those that 
God has put in your life, your parents, your teachers, your pastor, pay attention and listen to the voice of the Lord. Amen. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. The world tries to convince you that you're missing out on all the good times <laughs> because you're a Christian. You're missing out on the, 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 the best of times. It's not true. It's not true. I've told, uh, talked about this before, but I had a couple of buddies that I went to church with. We went to school together. I mean, we used to, we used to hang out. You know, that's the term that kids use these days. We hang out. We would hang out all the time. We did everything together. We played music together. Uh, we went on trips together. Uh, we just basically were close friends in church. And uh, when God was dealing with me about going to Bible school, and I was wrestling with it, those two guys came to my house and tried to talk me out of it. You're, you're going to do that? Why are you going to do that for? What in the world? Why are you going to do that? Why would you ever go there to that place? They tried to talk me out of it. They almost did. But those two young men, even though they're still my friends, I don't see them hardly ever. The last time, time before that I was in Oklahoma, maybe a couple years ago, and I preached out there, they came. They showed up. And I got to preach to those two guys. And their lives have been in a direction away from God. They followed a pathway that's been filled with divorce and filled with a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble and uh, just uh, going in direction away from God. And it's, uh, it's disturbing to me, but I know that God was merciful to me because he put so many people in my life. He put preachers and pastors in my life yeah, and my, my, my parents and uh, other people that God used to, to help me to, to make right decisions. And I got into church meetings and church services and youth camps and different experiences where I felt the presence of God and I knew that it was God that was directing my steps. And thank God that I didn't mess up and, and go the wrong direction, but I listened to the voice of the Lord and pursued his will. And that's what he wants us to do. Pursue the presence of God. Amen. Young people or whatever age group of people, we need to pursue the presence of God with our whole heart. We need to enter into the presence of God in church meetings, in our own personal time with the Lord, because there is the fullness of joy. That's where the satisfaction is. That's where the fulfillment comes from. The world... Uh, offers pleasure for a short season, but then it's gone. But the Lord provides for us fulfillment and contentment and joy that can only come from knowing the Lord and following the Lord. So I encourage you to stay in the presence of God and every opportunity that you have, enter into his presence, enter into his word, enter into times in the presence of the Lord so that God can direct your path and so that God can fill your heart with contentment and joy. Amen. The things of the world, the pleasure is short-lived. It'll run out. And then you're going to find yourself empty and disappointed and on a wrong pathway 
in your life. Listen to the voice of the Lord. Amen. There's a verse in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It says, repent ye therefore and be converted. It's talking about a turnaround, a change. Turn around from the direction that you're following. That your sins can be blotted out when the times of refreshing or so that the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I do believe that sometimes you have to stop and make a turnaround and uh, begin moving again in the direction of the will of God and the presence of God. And then that direction, you're going to find peace. Amen. Now, I remember when I moved into that dorm room, back then they didn't, they didn't even have a men's dorm. They had an old motel that had been condemned. That's how rickety that it was. It was bad. They had that, and they had different buildings around town where the men were staying. They had a girl's dorm, but the men's dorm was in, under construction. And so when I got to Bible school, they said, okay, here, we're going to take you down to your room. And I see this old motel that looks like it needs to be torn down. It had been condemned to be torn down, but Brother Branham had asked to, to lease it temporarily. And I think they used it for two or three years. And he leased it for a dollar a year. Brother Branham was a whole lot like Brother Huff. <laughs> and uh, he leased it for a... Uh, a, a dollar a year. And I mean, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. And uh, uh, there was a train that ran right behind it. I mean, I'm talking right behind it. Just a few feet away from the back of that, the train went through in the middle of the night. And I mean, it would shake the whole building when that train would go through and wake everybody up. It was cold, it was drafty, it was miserable, but it was where God wanted me to be. It's where he wanted me to be. And I can remember the first time that I stepped into that room and I thought, this is rough. What, what has the Lord got me into here? But then immediately I felt the satisfaction of knowing I was in the will of God. Amen. I, I just felt the contentment and the satisfaction from knowing I was where God wanted me to be. I had listened to the Lord and the Lord had used a lot of people to pray for me and to encourage me. I don't know why I'm going along this direction here tonight, but I do know this. He'll show you the path of life. In his presence is fullness of joy. That's where the satisfaction and the joy comes from. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. At the right hand of God is a place of privilege. Amen. To be at the right hand of God is a place of privilege. Remember, Jesus is the Son of God seated at the right hand of the Father. That's where he is. And he has welcomed you and me to come and sit with him at the right hand of the Father. Colossians 3 and 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father. He's invited us to seek things that are above. Get your eyes off of the world, get your eyes off of the things of this world, and get your attention fixed upon the Lord. Amen. Amen. And that's where you're gonna find joy and contentment. 
and you'll be seated in a place of privilege. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's a good feeling to be seated in the place of privilege. It really is. Praise God. First time that I went to Romania, I thought, well, this is going to be a hard trip going into that communist country. And I was with Brother Huff and Brother Jerry Back. And Brother Huff knew someone with Delta Airlines at Cincinnati, and he went up and talked to him and showed him his card that he was a senator. <laughs> and they upgraded us to first class. And we were the only three people sitting in first class. And so we had our own flight attendant who just did nothing but take care of us, bring us food and bring us things that we needed, anything you need, anything you need, all through the night. And I was sitting there feeling guilty. I thought, I thought this was going to be a hard missions trip. And I am seated in a place of privilege. Praise God. Praise God. Do you understand that that's where the Lord wants to invite us all to come up and to be in his presence and to be seated with him in heavenly places? That's what he's invited us to be in his presence, positioned with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So thank God for the blessing of the Lord to know him and to be in that place, seated at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. In the presence of the Lord. Amen. Throughout this month, it would be a great time for us to really press in uh, to, the, to the presence of the Lord this Christmas season. It'd be a great time to do that. Amen. So that we would already be in revival when the Boggs family gets here January the 1st. We'll already be moving in the right direction, seeking the Lord, seeking his presence. <clears throat> Amen. Let's stand. Father, thank you for the promise of your word. Thank you that you can lead us in the right pathway. Thank you, Lord, for your, the joy, Lord, that you can put in our hearts. The joy of knowing we're in your will. The joy of following you. The joy of being in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can be seated in a wonderful place of privilege with you and find Lord, the joy of the Lord in doing the will of God. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.